Unless you're not a developer or super new to modern application development, or maybe you've been living under a rock for the past 10 years, you're likely aware of Node.js. It's the wildly successful JavaScript framework created by Ryan Dahl in 2008. Node.js and MongoDB have a great history. There's a Node.js driver for MongoDB, and it's got a healthy community of users. Node.js was revolutionary when it first came out in that it enabled developers to work in JavaScript on the back end. JavaScript was, up until this point, forced to work in the browser environment on the front end. Node.js's success was largely attributed to the open source community and, and developments like NPM, the Node Package Manager, which enabled developers to build functionality, package it as a library, and distribute it as a module. Building on his vast knowledge of how JavaScript works, Ryan has created a new framework. It's called Dino. It adds massive improvements across the board, including speed, efficiency, ease of use, testing, and packaging. Today on the show, Codestacker, Jesse Hall returns, and we talk about Dino. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, Jesse, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. We're talking today about Dino, and uh, Dino's new to me. I, I really haven't done too much with it. I've heard it uh, being discussed out there on the internet, but um, I haven't done anything with, with it myself. But let's start with a quick description. What exactly is Dino? Dino is a, a modern runtime for JavaScript and TypeScript, and it's built on Rust, so it's it's really fast. Basically, it's uh, you know set up to be the... Um, successor to Node.js. If we were thinking about using it, like what are some of the reasons that we would want to use Dino over uh, standard Node.js implementation? I think that the main feature of it is the security of it. I think uh, by default, it's secure. So I think that uh, that is, is one of the big selling factors because you have to specifically tell it to open up your, your network to uh, allow access to read files, allow access to write files. Whereas, uh, you know, that stuff is not so locked down in Node.js. So that, that's one of the, the features, but there are many others. Hmm. Yeah, that's sort of the same progression that MongoDB underwent. Uh, when MongoDB was or originally developed, it uh, was completely open. You would just run MongoDB and you'd be able to establish connections from anywhere. Uh, and obviously that's a bit insecure. So I think this is a natural progression and um, I think it's a welcome change. I think that that among, uh, you know, all of the other things like uh, it being super fast because it's built on Rust and uh, also the, the things that it has built into it that Node.js doesn't have built into it. it. It's definitely set up to to be a successor to Node.js, but it might take some time to get there. OK, great. So it's it's more secure by default. It's more, more performant. What are some of the other differences between Dino and Node.js? Well, another thing is that it uses ES modules. And so, you know, that's, you know, the, where the modern, you know, it's, it's trying to, to keep up with, uh, with technology. And so ES modules is, is the new thing. And uh, the fact that it supports it is, uh, is already a good, a good first step. Besides that, it has other built-in things that just make your life easier, like first class await. So it has top level async so that you can just await any promise at any point in time, you don't have to create this weird iffy, um, uh, you know, self-running function in order to have an async function, right? It's just built in. Great. So 
then we don't have this, you must begin with async in the call to your function uh, prior to using an await, right? Exactly. Yeah, just just await. Await anything you want, wherever you want. <laughs> oh, great. So, and it's uh, it's TypeScript by default, right? Yes, it is also TypeScript by default. So, you know, some some people love TypeScript, some people hate TypeScript, but, you know, TypeScript is JavaScript. It's just, uh, you know, JavaScript with built-in types and uh, it's very, it's very easy to pick up on. And the fact that it has that built in, uh, you're, you're definitely going to benefit from that because it's going to save you a lot of time, you know, with just random typos and it's going to save your development time and save, save some headaches from down, you know, down the road. And, uh, hints while coding. Exactly. That's a huge feature. What about, I'm wondering if there's any Dino specific, uh, visual code packages. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. If you are using Dino, there is definitely an official Dino package for VS Code. And that is going to uh, to help you out as well with some uh, linting and hinting. Okay. So we've got security, speed, we've got some efficiency built in. Um, what are some other nice to haves that, that Dino offers? There's some somewhat browser compatibility sort of stuff built into it as well. So it has fetch built in. So, uh, you know, with node, you would have to import uh, node fetch or, or Axios or something like that. But Dino has the actual, you know, browser version of fetch integrated into it, uh, as well as a global window object. And so you, you don't have to do the weird, you know, is window a thing? If not, do this. If it is, do that. It just works. Yeah. Okay. So it also differs in its approach to to packages, as I understand. Do you yes. want to go over what the package structure looks like in Dino? Yeah, so in Node.js, you have you know, your Node executable, and then you have your NPM package manager, right? Uh, when Dino, there's no package manager. It does download packages, but it downloads them globally and caches them. Uh, and so you don't have a Node modules folder in your project. It uh, pulls them in through uh, URLs. And so it could be a local or, or in the cloud, wherever. And it pulls, that's how it pulls the packages in. Uh, and actually it's called modules in Dino. So it pulls these third-party modules in through URLs. And uh, that kind of eliminates the bloat of having that node, the node modules folder in, your, uh, in each project. Okay, but it kind of alleviates the ability to, or removes the ability to, to develop offline, no? No, because those uh, packages can be locally. So the URL doesn't have to be an, an HTTP URL. It could be a local uh, file URL, yeah. Okay. But I imagine it's still caching those. So while you don't have a, a package repository, you don't have a modules folder, you still have some type of module structure or, or cached folder somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So that is... I forget exactly where it's at in the operating system, but you do have a local cache of of those modules. And when you actually import them in the URL string, you can specify what version if you wanted a different version. Uh, does it still maintain the same type of package.json? No, it doesn't. Ah, okay. Yeah. So the packages, again, are, are you know, specific to each file, whatever package you need in whichever file, you just import those at the top like you would anything else. Okay, now I get it. So I'm writing some code. I don't need to mess with installation. I just begin writing the code. I reference the URL to the package that I want to use, write in the code, 
And I would imagine it's probably checking whether it's already been downloaded and cached and away I go. That's it. Oh, great. Okay. Now what about support for existing packages? So when you say existing packages, like um, referring to like NPM, the NPM compatibility is, you know, it's not a hundred percent compatible. Um, but if there is something that's missing from the Dino third-party modules that you're used to, there is likely to be some some sort of alternative for you. Uh, for instance, uh, in Node.js, you may be used to using Express. Uh, in Dino, the the best one that I found is Oak, like the Oak Tree, and it's basically the same thing. It's a middleware framework for Dino. Okay, great. So where I would use Express in the past, I would be using Oak uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say I want to duplicate something I've written previously using Node.js and, and packages. There's some functionality that I get from a specific NPM package. How do I know whether or not that package is supported or if I need to search for an alternative using Dino? Well, the easiest way to find the packages would be on DinoLand slash X. And that takes you directly to their third-party modules where you can just do a search right there and see what's available and what's not. Okay, so we're obviously working at MongoDB. We're interested in writing code that stores data in MongoDB. What does the support for MongoDB look like in Dino? So there is a community-supported third-party Dino module called Mongo, and you can search for that under the third-party modules on dino.land and uh, just import that in, and it works just fine. An alternative right now uh, to that would be using the MongoDB Atlas data API. Uh, which will allow you to bring in uh, your MongoDB data into basically anything because uh, it doesn't require drivers at all. Yeah, so no drivers. If I mean, obviously, so you said we could use the community Mongo driver in Dino, um, but I, I've been uh, playing with the, the MongoDB Atlas data API and it's just phenomenal. It's so easy to use. And now that within Dino, there's no packages to load, it's you basically just leverage fetch, right? Exactly. So I recently wrote a blog article uh, on Dino with MongoDB, and that is what I used the Atlas data API. And because it has built-in fetch, I just fetch uh, from whichever uh, endpoint I wanted to, to use. If I wanted to find one, update, uh, or I mean insert, and just use that endpoint and, and off you go. All right. So I'll include links to your article as well as to information on the MongoDB Atlas data API. Um, before we go, do we need to touch on installation and, and how to get started with Dino? Yeah, so it, it's just a really simple uh, installation. Uh, if you're on uh, Mac or Linux, just uh, open up your shell and there's a curl command. Uh, if you're on uh, Windows, just use PowerShell and there's an uh, IWR command. And uh, you can, again, find those on dino.land. It's, it's very simple to install. All right. Anything else you want to tell the listeners about Dino before we, we wrap up? I mean, I think uh, it's something to watch out for. Um, I think that it has a lot of improvements over Node.js, but uh, it may take it a while. Uh, I don't know that it's actually going to to get rid of Node.js, but it's definitely something to watch out for. Yeah, so we talked about security. We talked about efficiency and speed. Um, we talked about, oh, what about testing? Is there Are there any um, testing frameworks built in? Yeah, yeah. So it, it does have built-in testing, which is another nice Nice to have. Uh, of course, you can do testing with anything, but just having it built in, it just makes it that much easier uh, and faster to get up and running. Yeah, always. 
Great. Well, Jesse, thanks so much for, uh, for stopping by and talking to us about Dino. No problem. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks so much to Jesse Hall for joining us. And thanks to you for listening. If you want to check out Jesse's article on Dino, you can find it at mongodb.com slash developer. It's called Getting Started with Dino and MongoDB. 